Welcome to Hort Culture, where a group of extension professionals and plant people talk about the business, production, and joy of planting seeds and helping them grow. Join us as we explore the culture of horticulture. Please excuse any choking sound you hear. I just inhaled a chocolate bar. It was delicious, <laughs> and I'm supporting my local 4-H, so, you know. I thought you were choking someone like getting out. getting myself <laughs> chocolate-based pneumonia. I, like, I mean, it's fine. How else do you want to go I've never seen the fluid life? be 100% melted chocolate before. <laughs> no. Case. I actually was the born exited. in the Willy Wonka factory. I'm not sure if any of you knew that about oh. me, but really I am part lady. Oompa Loompa. It's Alexis, you're turning Alexis. This <laughs> bloodstream is to aspirate it right into the lungs. Yes, Direct in injection. its dry form. <laughs> yeah, y'all got, recommend. Uh, y'all got any? Y'all got any hot hot tips on any uh, music or TV shows you've been watching lately? I've been. Yeah, uh, I don't even know. I'm it's always a, I'm always fascinated by the the turn into fall and it like changes up the vibe a little bit, mm-hmm, you know. And you're like mm-hmm. searching for something a little different, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, hot, know, hot we, boy summer is over. Hot boy so fall is decentralized now. I mean, <laughs> we, I feel like in the past with Antenna, you know, everybody was watching the same thing or cable. But mm-hmm. what's everybody I think watching? Everybody now? still is. I we? we just started watching uh, the Bear. So oh, the Bear's solid. Oh yeah, yeah. I haven't watched yeah, it, but it's it. on the list. So, heard, for Jeff. Some, yeah, heard. I don't know why, <laughs> but Tyler's into it, and I I can't figure out that's not his vibe. But he everybody likes it. That watches he's here it, for yeah. it, and Maybe I asked he him why. And he that goes, guy's biceps. He goes. I don't. I don't know. It's like really intense. Yeah, <laughs> like maybe like, he has like some kind of things. undiagnosed anxiety disorder, like me, where it's just like, oh, cool, it's TV happening at the speed of my brain. <laughs> I think there's just a lot of Chicago Bear references in it, mm. so it like draws mm. him in. <laughs> I see. Yeah. Well. Yeah, that's better that than watching the Chicago Bears play actual football this year. Well, he, Am he I tries right? doing that. <laughs> Where's the he line? turns it off pretty quickly. <laughs> Wait, this is the second episode we brought football in in the beginning, and none of us are big football people, so that's pretty weird. Speak for yourself. I'm I mean, the biggest football person. <laughs> physically and mentally. Yeah. I'm kind of shaped like a football. <laughs> Yeah, you're not shaped like the soccer ball chicken that Emily has. Man, Shout out Emily. Last week's episode was so awesome with Emily. Yeah, it was good stuff. Look forward to that series. If you haven't listened to that episode, uh, you should do that now. Just pause. Otherwise, this one won't make any sense. It will make complete sense because we're talking about garlic today. I should introduce the episode. Well, nobody did anyone even say a single thing. Oh, you said you were watching the bear, and then now we're we're ready Mm -hmm. to move on. No one else (laughs) was able to share. No, nobody else gets to share. I I have spooky TV season. Tell me about your life, Brett. What (laughs) brings you joy? You are watching something on PBS that's amazing. I have a feeling. Tell me what brings you joy. Now that you say (laughs) it like that, I don't want to share anymore. Oh my god. I'm putting well, this been, back in my I've pocket. I've been like settling in, assuming that the uh, kind of tandem strike with the writers and actors going on was going to continue. So I've been deep diving the back catalog and watching Entourage, which I never saw. Oh, oh man, Turtle! Yeah. Speaking of Turtle, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we've been speaking of Turtle, but I'm always <laughs> thinking about him. Not recorded. <laughs> turtle, man, Ari, I'm, Ari Gold, oh, God, what an so incredible funny. character! I have not watched that. Kills, series. I haven't either. Yeah. There's uh, my catalog is like huge and it's depressing now to the point where I add something to my watch queue Mm -hmm. and it's so long that if Mm -hmm. I lived another 189 years, I still would not be able to watch it. Well, you probably will because you are a vampire. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. We just keep serving up teasers for garlic. We do. Yeah, you're welcome. But I'm not ready for it yet. And it's spooky season coming up. So my TV uh, is like 
classic 80s and 90s cartoons. I love mm-hmm. animation. Like mm-hmm. we're talking like peanuts, like <clears throat> go out in a pumpkin patch, wait on a dream that's not going to come. He turns on yeah. after Reed goes to bed. Yes, yes. Uh, but I love, it's spooky TV season. Yeah. Did you know, speaking stuff. of spooky season, you're familiar with the song Monster Mash? Yes. Mm-hmm. Within yes. the, within the, well, like world's strongest man and bodybuilder culture. Mm-hmm. This of which we are all familiar. Yeah, I don't have to tell you all, but for any listeners who want esoteric to some, who I'm in exposed, my bulking season. Yeah, <laughs> Alexis knows all about what I'm about to say. Our blood. There's this. There's this. This thing. I think. I think it's mostly like ground beef and rice, and mm-hmm. they refer to it as monster mash. Ground beef. Because they just eat like rice. so much of it to get big, you know. Yeah. I do yeah. that with ice cream. <laughs> yeah. And it's dry rice and raw ground beef. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They make yeah. it into monster little balls. Crunchy. They throw monster mash. <laughs> wow. This took a turn. I mean, that's not out of the ordinary, but this took a turn. It is a. It is a bathroom smash. It's usually brown yeah. rice, unfortunately, yeah. as well, which is like. You had a brown rice person. I'm not a brown, I love brown rice. rice. No, yeah. I, I I'll eat jasmine rice. That's what I pick over brown rice. Wow, elite! Wow, yeah, yeah. elite. The, ri- the elite. rice that was originally bred for Thai royalty. It's You're only welcome. what Alexis eats. Obviously, I yeah. guess I'm no one does go, go off, Queen. Don't let this guy make you feel bad. <laughs> no plain no, old white I, rice I for this guy. I can't do the brown rice thing. It just I can't. <clears throat> I don't. I don't like it. Oh, we're gonna get into some other food preference stuff here in a little bit. Yeah. I, so, Brett, have, what are you watching? Oh, I haven't been watching really much of anything. I, I, honestly, I've been you were looking for ideas. Guys eating monster mash. <laughs> yeah, guy eats monster mash. It's mostly shorts though. So it doesn't last very long. Yeah. Three point two minutes. I'm also been watching Wheel of Time. I don't know if you were looking for oh recommendations. Oh my gosh! Is it Rosamund, Rosamund Pike. Mm. Oh yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Dream boat. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. she is she amazing. Scared me ever since Gone Girl. You yes. ever see that? I love to be afraid. <laughs> <laughs> I like fear. It's a spooky season after all. Our friend, our friend Chelsea referred to Annie, my wife, as my hot goth wife. And nice. She is goth. She it's a little there's some fear. She's got know? some spook in her, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. That's what I love about her. <clears throat> Yeah, she's a spooky season, uh, spooky spooky season fan. Spooky been, read, spooky season. I've yeah. been I've been called back to some of the music that I listened to when I was uh, yeah a little younger. And Sesame Pop, Street? Pop? No, oh. uh, no, it's um, <laughs> emo. Like, Are we on? Like I would say, say Elmo or country, emo? Like older country, like uh, Towns Van Zant. Oh yeah, Don, Don Williams. Stuff. Don and, Williams uh, is eternal. Yeah, good, oh good gosh. stuff. His some voice. Of, some of his albums, I'm like, his when voice. did this come out? Because it sounds like it yeah. could have come out in mm. like 2010. That is uh, one of my wife's ultimate favorites. She's a music, like old co- West uh-huh. country and Western snob. And Don Williams is at the very pinnacle of that genre for her. Yeah, loves, yeah. loves Don Williams. Jen's also an amazing advocate for local food, local music scene. So shout out to her, you know. Yeah, she does, she does all the support. I immediately went... Um, I don't know why, because I, I don't really consider this like old country, obviously, but I immediately when you said that, I was like way down south on the Chattahoochee. Oh, yeah. Alan Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> sure. I immediately just imagined that. you singing that like <laughs> like out in the garden. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could do some weeding to that. I could see that. The cadence is, you know, peppy enough. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I don't know. Musical taste. I'm not very, you know, and it was weird. And I do this once a year and I, and I never know when it's going to hit me. But Vivaldi Four Seasons. Mm. I'm not a highbrow yeah, music yeah. listener. I am not. 
but I crank that up as soon as leaves look like they're changing here in central Kentucky in much of Kentucky, not because of the weather per se, even though we're getting close to October, it's more so it's very dry here. But when the leaves start to get crunchy on the trails that I walk, I want to hear some classical, particularly mm. starting with Vivaldi poor season. So I yeah. think, you know, the interesting, you know, you talk about like the high brownness of it um, and we will get to a horticulture topic, but mm. well, I mean, four mm. seasons is a horticulture topic, right? It is. It yeah. is. Covers all four. I think just that, like the 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 highbrow conception of both that and jazz, really means that a lot of people who might try it out sometime don't. And for me, it's like it's just the emotional experience of listening to it, the way that it moves, and like the timelessness of those particular pieces, the Four Seasons, yeah, and others too. It's just like I don't know. It's it we don't have to turn everything into this brain exercise where it's like really crazy. It can be this much more human basic. I think that kind of type of music is much more approachable because it invokes a feeling. And if you ask children, it's amazing. And Jennifer's done activities with this and she's got the research to back it and all this. But one of the activities she's done uh, in the past, she'll play like classical music and ask children, you know, what feeling that gives them. And almost invariably they tune into the feeling that the composer wanted to convey. I mean, just like a music aficionado would have conveyed the the feelings that are in the songs, a four and five year old will do the same in their own words, and it's amazing. Mm, that's and awesome. so that makes music particularly approachable to me. But well, yeah, that's a that's a was a great question, Brett, because in the seasons, my musical tastes do change. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd get reflective in the fall and winter. I'm getting ready for the long days of winter, so maybe I'm, my musical tastes get a little darker. Well, with those kind of classical pieces, right? Like one of the roadblocks, I think, I think a lot of people do enjoy classical music, but they they might not know the name of what they like, right? Like so many things are familiar to people, I think that's but me. they lack that kind of like, they might not know, you know, this was this composer, this was yeah. this, they just heard it, you know, dozens of times over the years. Yes. Yeah. That's and me. even if you're, if you're like, if you want because we we refer to you know in the United States we refer to classical as encompassing all of these different movements. But in reality, classical period is one of a variety of in the Western musical canon, and it's, there's such variability within that that like mm-hmm. it, you know the idea of like Bach and Mozart they're they're and and right. Vivaldi they're like such radically different feels and vibes. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the difference between I don't know what. Hank Williams and Hank Williams Jr. and Luke Bryan, like they're they're just different things. Chris Gaines, yeah, Chris Gaines. Exactly. Oh man, I love the life of Chris Gaines for what it's worth. <clears throat> Shout out Garth, but um, yeah, I, I I think it's like you, you know sampling the things that you like and and then realizing oh these, like I kind of like stuff from this period that's a little more chill and low key and and formulaic or something that's a little more expressive and wild and crazy. Can be, yeah, I think we do a lot of disservice um, to musical education, just like in the enjoyment of music um, and, and art, and also sometimes of horticulture, you know? <laughs> watching right. takes planting seeds and watching them grow. Planting seeds, yeah. watching them grow, tear in your eye, perhaps. You know what yeah. doesn't change throughout the seasons? My love of garlic. Indeed, you love it all it the back time. around, mm. bringing it back around. Mm-hmm. What well, is spooky season? As I, you said earlier, Ray, it is confirmed vampire. Confirmed mm-hmm. future yeah. show. That's a great idea. Horticulture superstitions mm-hmm. needs to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I uh, I measure garlic like I measure vanilla. It's with my heart. 
I never like with the recipe says two automatically four or more. Oh yeah, like, oh, automatically get huge. Uh, I don't. I don't I play around. Is that the is that the Amaris roots? Mm-hmm. That's Lexus. Amaris. <laughs> it's Amaris. It's Amaris. Yeah. Alexis's maiden name. Yes. I guess so. I don't know. It was always in the house. I don't know if I've ever not had garlic in the house in my entire mm. life. Entire life. Well, so do we want to start like talking a- about eating it or do we want to start talking about growing it? Let's grow some first. What, yeah. Yeah. What's, well, your, too, you know, what's your feel? You have to plant garlic uh, like with everything else, right, Ray? In the you spring? Do. You do. No. Uh, not really. <laughs> if you try to do that, you you're not, not going to be. Really. You, you, <laughs> You know, and you know, this is the time of year we need. No, I have done that before, though. I've planted garlic out of season and went against, and Jamie Docker and I, another horticulture agent in Central Kentucky, uh, and he's even has a he has a video. I think it's still up on YouTube where he will say, "Do not do this," but you can try it. You're probably not going to like the results. But uh, if you plant garlic in the spring, that's out of season, months too late. Sometimes you can get some results are not going to be great, but you would be much better off here in Kentucky planting garlic uh, last part of September, first part of October, oh. October into November for most varieties. That's a much better time because of the nature of garlic and the way that it grows. It's a fall planted crop and usually harvested, you know, sometime in the summer, the the following year. What a timely uh, so discussion. So it's a little bit different. Mm. Are we what a timely discussion. People? What are yes, we indeed. Are we hard neck or soft neck? Where, where, where's the crew at? Oh, probably for me, soft neck because goodness, it keeps six to eight months, and hard neck keeps three to five months. Hmm. If I'm storing my garlic, soft neck all the way. Hmm. Like hard neck is usually more hardy, right? Though, like it's... going north, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. In northern it's climates, the, they don't really have much of an option. And here in Kentucky, we're in a transition zone, so I've heard it recommended for here in in parts of Kentucky, you will have a more consistent harvest if you um, focus all your efforts on hardneck, but softneck does pretty well most winters You've got a protected area or something. You can use softneck really easily. And softneck, I've grown just a lot and never had any issues as long as it's well-drained and I've well-mulched. Uh, I haven't ever had any issues with soft neck, but I know in theory what are that the, I could are have there functional it. you know functional differences between soft neck and hard neck? Why do I even care about the difference between these? I know you nerds have these distinctions, but is there something for us cool kids out here with practical considerations? Soft neck, planting, hard neck? if you're in a commercial scale, there's a big difference in like yield and and how many pounds to order and how many row feet you get out of because the bulb configuration is different with hard neck. And soft neck, so there's some considerations there on a larger scale. But as far as eating, I haven't. I mean, yeah, there's different, you know, types of garlic that have different eating qualities. But yeah, I, I always relate hard neck to like more like intense varieties. I don't necessarily mm. think that's like true for Across sure, the but there just seems yeah, to be know. more hard neck varieties I, that are I've a, a more intense flavor. Yeah, and then, then it's like kind of smaller, more flavorful, yeah, less bulbs, but you don't need as much, and it goes way harder. Right, right. And, and like in the store, most varieties I get out of the store are almost always soft neck, and that may be a function of where it's grown in the country more so than mm-hmm. anything else. Fun do fact: they, Do they all have scapes? Uh, no. I believe only hard neck. Hard neck. Hard neck. That, that was always my my main now. distinction was yeah, scape the scapeage. Have mm-hmm. you? Has anybody ever made a? 
garlic scape pesto? Me. Uh, delicious. Oh, yeah. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I, love, I think that's what I love also about hardneck is that it's like I feel like I'm getting double, you know, like the product yeah, because yeah. I'm harvesting the scape and – they're great in floral design. They have great movement. So the scape is is what is the, what the scape? The flower the stock. Scape? Yeah, flower stock coming up, and that's going to come out in like late spring, early summer before. Yeah, June, May, May. Am I What's right that here? First May scapes? scapes are usually around May. Sometimes. Yeah, the top growth converts around summer solstice, which next year is like June twentieth. Okay, so that's or June. when you get you start to get bulb growth at summer solstice. So you already have your finishing your top growth, which is around yeah May June. Yeah. And so if and you, you have wanna... any, uh, if you have any ornamental allium in your yard, so allium, mm-hmm. the family that garlic and onions are in is allium, and so they those flower spikes on those things are, are obviously meant to look really nice. The ones mm-hmm. on top of this, I think Alexis was going to say you want to harvest them. Mm-hmm. You want to har- do you want to harvest like the when? scapes once they uh, kind of finish, start to finish their curl, right? So they, they circle, curl up yeah. Yeah. into a circle and you want to harvest them. The reason why is because you don't want it to actually fully bloom. You want to have the plant put that energy down into that bulb so that you get right. a good a good bulb I there. Harvesting it means literally just cutting it off mm-hmm. where it comes out. Yeah. yeah. So let's uh, back up and talk about the approachability of garlic for home gardeners. Would you mm-hmm. guys kind of all agree that garlic is one of those crops? It's a bit different. Fall planted. Mm-hmm here in Kentucky, but would you guys agree that it's a pretty good, pretty, you know, pretty approachable crop for home gardeners? I think garlic's pretty easy. And and like you said, I like that it's in the fall because Mm -hmm. even if you missed out on the spring or, you know, you're just, you're not sure what you're doing there, there's always like a a rush in the spring to get things right. I feel like things are a little bit more chill this time of year. Uh, Mm -hmm. So the idea of putting in something and harvesting it in in June is simple. I'm always surprised that there's not, I mean, I've seen plenty of garlic and, and home gardeners plantings but i think that's one of the reasons that i don't see it more because so much of us uh, so many of us are such traditional spring gardeners we don't think about putting stuff in the fall i sometimes wonder why i don't see more garlic in folks you know Mm -hmm. gardens and that's one of the reasons i guess why is because it's out of the traditional spring planting window but i see that as a benefit not a detractor Mm -hmm. for home gardeners but i and i've had multiple garden class or uh, garlic classes there in, in bourbon county they're always great but people are um there's always a percentage of people that are attending those programs are kind of surprised that it's put out in the fall. Mm-hmm. And I, that surprises me a little bit, but I That's what, I guess because it's other traditional flow of things. It's like half the, the season. You don't even have to worry about it. It's yeah, what could right. you want? What's better? Yeah. <laughs> as long as you, and it does so well in raised beds. I love mm-hmm. like, and I've been putting those in fabric containers, you know, garlic, you know, when I first heard of fabric containers, I wanted to try it. That's an easy crop. So I stuck it in. I've done, it did fantastic, but that is one thing garlic needs to have, of course, plenty of sunlight, but also, one of the most critical things is good drainage for garlic. And it mm-hmm. even helps if you're planting it in native soil is to mound that soil just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's one of the common fail points for garlic is uh, a way that a Rots. homeowner might fail. Yeah. Yes. Is bulb rot. Because remember you're putting it in during a time of the year where you typically have two things, more moisture and cooler temperatures. And if you don't have a very well-drained soil, Bulb rot is one of the most common issues that I see from home gardeners, followed by a failing to mulch, providing mm-hmm. some kind of mulch on top of that to provide winter protection and temperature uh, buffering throughout the winter time. But to, and if the if you um, 
can take care of those two points as a home gardener. I think you're going to ace growing garlic, uh, well-drained, well-tilled soil, well-prepared soil bed, and then uh, mulching. You're well on your way. And the third thing is realizing that it is an allium which is an onion family, which means one thing, it's a heavy feeder. And uh, fertilize, you probably should put down pre-plant fertilizer, followed by two applications in the spring. Uh, one application when the, the tops start to grow on garlic, and the last one in May. Do not, in Kentucky, fertilize past May because you're going to create yourself some problems, uh, bulbs that are too succulent that don't dry off well. So you're fertilizing three times. And as long as you take care of the mulch, the soil drainage and the fertility, my goodness, uh, that's just about all there is to it to have a great start to growing some good garlic. And the best approach would be to work off of a soil test as discussed. <laughs> as we've in discussed in the past. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we we haven't mentioned elephant garlic. I feel like we have to throw yeah. that in there just a little bit. It's technically not garlic. More of a leek. It is more closely related to a leek. I love so- the flavor of elephant garlic, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm into that. It's milder. Mm-hmm. You can really you taste the elephant. The, yeah, the, mm-hmm. the elephant. Extra it's got the essence of the elephant, yes. <laughs> It does. I, I just love that mild flavor. I don't know. I kind of yeah. If you it. that's a if you're not if if garlic can get a little spicy mm-hmm. for you, elephant garlic can be a good way to. The get cloves similar. are much much much. Oh yeah, much it's bigger. crazy. The, like the a single clove can be like as big as the whole bowl. Times bigger. Yeah. It is. It is crazy. So it now you are talking about planting garlic. So. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Two things. One, should I just go to the grocery store, buy a clove of garlic, and then just throw it in the ground? You can. A. B. Question B. Uh, am I putting the whole garlic head in the ground? Am I? Should I be breaking it apart? Should I be? Is it a clove by clove situation? Uh, what's the What's the deal here? You, uh, when planting garlic, yeah, there's there's a term we should differentiate here. One is bulb, which is the entire bottom portion of the garlic is a that's a bulb mm-hmm. you're not planting that or you would just have a big mass of uh, garlic that would all grow together in a bunch and would not do well what you're doing is separating the outermost largest cloves of both hard neck and soft neck garlic and elephant garlic they're huge they're easy to separate but you're separating those outermost largest cloves because larger cloves make better garlic the following year uh, you're separating those and planting those uh, and, a, and I'll throw out some spacing here Within the row for hard neck and soft neck, that's five to six inches apart in the row of the cloves. It's a little wider for elephant garlic. You're talking six to eight inches. And then as far as the distance between the rows themselves, you're talking 24 inches uh, at least for best airflow uh, management as far as density between the rows. So within the row, five to six inches for cloves. Pointy side up. That's important to mention that here. The pointy side of that clove needs to stay up. The flat side needs to 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 be down. It'll get a better start that way. So five to six inches within the row and between rows, twenty four inches. Uh, if I you can maintain you, that spacing. So Ray and I differ, uh, and and he's probably right, but this is just the way I've done it. I I do everything intense. <laughs> you I know, put the whole bowl. No. I buy Even, all the cloves that I'm going to plant, and then I eat them. And then I eat them all, <laughs> and then I throw them back up. No. <laughs> oh so I do my spacing a lot closer, actually, do than you? Ray does. So, um, you know, maybe that means I get smaller bulbs. I don't know. Well, I but do I like my to spacing fit. further apart. Really? So, yeah. 
So uh, for reference, uh, I do mine cl- about three inches apart. And I do then, it in containers, and it seems to work pretty well, Alexis. Are you doing it in a field or like in containers? In, in a field spacing? setting. And in then the between gotcha. the rows, I do 12 to 18 inches. So yeah. it's like just wide enough for me to mm-hmm. walk through. But I and think they that, said they'll probably do great at that. that yeah, would, I think it depends yeah. on your soil as well, you yeah. know, how loose your soil is. Commercially, or, I think it's a bigger deal if you have acres of it. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, I mean, homeowners, I've seen homeowners just plant it within an inch of each other. And they seem to do fairly well as long as they don't absolutely stack the clothes on top of each other. It, it does well. It's a very flexible crop. And that's one of the reasons I love garlic. Mm-hmm. It's mm. kind of it's kind of forgiving. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if you're, if you're a home, I'm oh, sorry. I was just going to say it kind of meets those things where it's like forgiving for growers. Yeah. Uh, it is good for you to eat often and it tastes good. Like, yeah. so just go crazy. Yeah. The history of garlic is phenomenal. I mean, yeah, we could, we could have another whole episode on, you know, as far as it the was, good for you aspect. It was found in King Tut's tomb when it was excavated. Mm, I don't yes. know if you guys knew that or not, but uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of cool. Yeah, five to seven. I mean, all that literature difference. I mean, differs, but it goes back five thousand years and three thousand years in Chinese medicine, and then some would argue that it goes back all the way to seven thousand years, the earliest records of garlic use, because you know early populations recognized the antimicrobial Mm -hmm. aspects of garlic, and even Louis Pasteur, you know, he recognized it when he was doing all of the work with his processes, uh, recognized garlic for that that attribute also so it's can not I, only tasty but uh it can be good for you can i take a little side note here um, of course. that has like nothing to do with garlic but i'm gonna connect it but uh speaking of things <laughs> speaking that of have chocolate. been around a really long time uh has anybody heard of bog bodies yes, yes. Isn't that like the like those neanderthal dudes that they dig it's up well, well preserved like not, are you, no they're about? not always neanderthals but like, like yeah they've yeah, Old like they have found them in the peat bogs mm-hmm. in Europe, yeah, yeah. Like and they, they're so the, yeah. yeah, they're so preserved. Yeah, by the fact that there's no oxygen, which is what creates these peat bogs, right? And the acidity and the tannins and all that. They can they know like they can tell what's in their stomach that they've eaten, and so like when they died, based on what f- vegetables are in their stomach, because what would have been in season, which is bonkers to me and then and then this is so cool they know about trade because one of the guys was apparently in this it was like i don't know 300 bce or something like that and this uh, they were using hair products at that time and this guy was had like a like faux faux hawk situation going on and was using like plant plant material to like (laughs) gel his hair up so to speak Mm -hmm. and that that plant that created that gel quote-unquote only grows in france and spain and they found him in i think it was the netherlands and so like they know that there was like trade happening Mm -hmm. but anyways i'll relate this back to garlic as in i wonder if there was garlic in their stomachs garlic is native to greece i believe um and Mm. obviously we know it has spread throughout Europe. So I'm curious on whether or not there was garlic in the bog bodies. If you don't know about well, bog out, bodies, shout out to the bog bodies for eating seasonally. Shout out. Right. Shout mm-hmm. out. I mean, yeah. eat local. Eat lo- <laughs> they were into Beach body is out. School. Bog bodies is <laughs> Bog body. Uh, I'll have to dye my hair hoodies. cowboy co- copper or something. I'm going <laughs> to call it bog, bog body. Bog body Auburn, I think, is what I'm, is my next color. You could have a fitness company called Bog Body by Alexis. <laughs> nice. Going to be a hit. I can feel yeah, it. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. And, and in that case, it would be like kind of preserved from the inside and the outside. 
Yeah. They had yeah. The, the uh, that's what I was there. wondering. Yeah. If you had a bunch of garlic, would that have better preserved the insides? I wonder. I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know. There's I, a. It's spooky season. So that's it's. I'm bringing mm-hmm. it all around. There's a book by a person named her. I can't remember the rest of the name, but her last name is Kimmer. And it's called Gathering Moss. And she talks about it's all about moss. And she talks about all the, she talks about all the moss in uh, these different locations, including the moss in bogs. It is crazy. There's like certain dynamics that, because of the like remoteness and like disturbance, there's aspects of the dynamics that we don't know and almost can't really know because it requires too much disturbance to like, like when you disturb it, it sets the process back like 15 years or something. It's pretty pretty wild, but yeah, it's worth a read if you're a if you're a bryo guy or gal, bryo, bryo <laughs> if fight, moss yeah. is your thing. Yeah, if you're into moss, you just love moss. There's a woman who sells moss out of North Carolina called Moss and Annie. Yes. <laughs> she is a whole vibe and a half. She is <laughs> wild. <laughs> anyway, so we're putting it in the ground. I, I think another thing about garlic that I really like with uh, with the sh- callback to our episode about <clears throat> um, winter cover crops. Mm. is that it is a green thing that is yeah. actually growing in the winter mm-hmm. in defiance of Jack Frost. <laughs> in defiance it laughs of, in the face of Frost. Yeah. And it's really, <laughs> it's really cool. And you had, and like Ray was talking about mulching, you know, and I, maybe we can talk a little bit about the mulch material since that's a favorite topic around here, but I have used uh, straw to mulch my garlic in the past. Cause it, mm-hmm. It kind of stays a little fluffier and more like, uh, you know, uh, yeah, fluffed up, I guess. But seeing these little green snakes of garlic leaves grow out of that through the winter and into the into the spring is like a pretty fun, magical little thing to experience. Yeah. Do you all have any thoughts on the mulch? How do you all have you all done it? Have you or is anyone else out there uh, admiring their garlic in the middle of winter? I think straw is, uh, I mean, that's a safe bet. Uh, I've seen people that use all kinds of leaves, all kinds of things such as leaves. You just have to be careful with some types of uh, mulch material to make sure that it's not inhibiting that growth because you can get it too thick and it can mat down and cause some trouble. And it can actually retain too much moisture, not cause bulb rot. So I think uh, in this case, I think straw is like the perfect uh, type of mulch. And I usually uh, say to wait listener. until the ground freezes to mulch, right? What's your mm-hmm. thought process on that? Yeah, that, and that, that's one of those other forgiving things. But yeah, that works just great because really mulch uh, does the way you know mulch works is it keeps the ground in the wintertime like uniformly frozen almost. Mm-hmm. It um, limits the fluctuations in temperature and that's kind of what you want. Yeah, we want to kind of prevent that yeah. heave and thaw as yeah. much as possible. Yeah. So that's why that's why I said it. Although in Kentucky, I mean, we don't often get ground freeze. Well, we did get it a little earlier this year with the polar vortex at mm-hmm. Christmas. But oh, yeah. sometimes it's, you know, it's January before the ground like really freezes. So you have some leeway there, uh, which is, again, nice when you've got a lot of things. You're trying to put the garden to bed. You're trying to get your cover crop down, all that jazz. Get your garlic in. And then when other things settle down, you can get some straw on it. Mm-hmm. So it's nice. And I agree, Brett, like there is, I think that's why I really like to start some like 
a lot of my own seeds is because there's just something so satisfying. Like especially in the wintertime when like you make something grow. I have some foxglove and some campanula and some other stuff I seeded recently in the greenhouse. And it's like it doesn't matter how many times I have seeded that same crop. I know when it's going to come up, you know, and it doesn't matter. But every time it does, that first little seedling, oh, my gosh, I'm like, oh, look at you. It's so cute. It gets a boost. Yeah. <laughs> well, it gets I a just, boost. <laughs> it gets such a, like, rush every single time a new little plant comes up. <laughs> it's also conceptually just a wild phenomenon. The, the gener- Like, the idea of, like, seed growth, or in this case, clove turning into a bulb. So, and just, just to clarify, make, make, one, make sure one more time. So, if you're a cook, home cook, and you've had... You know, you break that garlic bulb that you get from the grocery into store cloves. In, into cloves. Each of those individual cloves, can create a when bulb. taken care of, will create a whole new bulb for mm-hmm. next one year. One pound makes about eight pounds on average. A little bit, little bit less, a little bit more. But yeah, one pound to eight pounds, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty you know, phenomenal to me. Return yeah. on we, investment. We were talking about, you can get you can get it from you can buy it from the grocery store, but you can also buy specific varieties mm-hmm. of seed garlic. It probably yes. is a little late now to be thinking about that. A lot of them mm-hmm. are sold out typically. Yeah, a lot of the popular no. varieties get they they sell out very quickly. So you have to order those months in advance. And there are, I think, variety recommendations out there for depending on where you are. Um, you can find yeah. some. But uh, we here at University of Kentucky have a whole publication on it. Oh, yeah, I remember when I was. Uh, working at the farm more the and this ties back to my my cold open for the thing about asking people what music they were listening to music was one of the varieties that we would always grow oh nice yeah and i would i would um concur i think that and so music is an example of a hard good standard Mm -hmm. And, and honestly if you have not been around horticulture, you have probably not seen a hard neck variety before mm-hmm. soft neck varieties oh, yeah. are what they what you tend to get in the grocery store yeah. the paper is a little bit more delicate a little bit mm-hmm. easier to pull off i find generally the cloves on soft neck the grocery store style tend to be a little smaller mm-hmm. they're quite a bit smaller yeah bigger bigger bulbs but smaller cloves and hard necks just the opposite right and so yeah. you might have like you know i don't know how many it is like 8 or 10 or 12 cloves mm-hmm. in a soft neck and they're each the size of like your thumbnail versus you might have like five or six in a hard neck variety or maybe a few more than that, but they're like big. Size your thumb. Yeah. Size they're your very thumb. well defined. Yeah. yeah. And, and, like, and they can be potent, you know, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mention that. I like the red ones. So they have red the, the chilium or I'm mispronouncing. There's that, a couple but. different ones. I forget the one I've grown music and they, are, I think they're, I prefer to peel a hard neck one yeah. actually because the uh, paper doesn't get like, you know how garlic makes your fingers roll sticky and mm-hmm. it, the papery doesn't get stuck because it's real thick. You know, it's yeah. more like almost oh, more yeah. like a it's shell to me. Tissue paper. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's uh, almost more like a shell than anything. I think it's easy. It kind of comes off in one big piece. Uh, you just kind of have to get a hold of it. And yes, that <laughs> I feel like uh, recipes could be, specific when they say two cloves of garlic it would be like two cloves of soft garlic yeah. or two yeah. cloves of hard, because like hard neck garlic Big again difference. is often more intense you're going to get like a mm. spicier flavor yeah. i guess yeah. is a way to put it i've heard it also called sharp sharp but yeah i made um oh i'll just say this first i made tabbouleh the other night uh, like mm. mediterranean parsley salad and i put so much garlic in it and i did like raw garlic Mm -hmm. and i didn't realize until as we sat down to eat 
and I ate it and I was like, why is this spicy? I didn't put anything <laughs> spicy in this. The garlic, the amount of garlic why in it made this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then uh, our guest from last week, poor Emily, had to ride all the way to Louisville with me the next day, but she, she was <laughs> gracious about it. Yeah. yeah. I was Bless her. Emanating You're it. Sweating out garlic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Essential oil. Yeah, so the the hardneck I think is the ones that I've I've had more experience growing. But Ray, you were saying earlier, I think, or maybe it was before, but about the like, pres- the, how long it lasts once you yes, yeah, and maybe we can talk a little bit about the curing thing. Yeah, softneck, I just it just lasts kind of twice as long. It's got a much longer shelf life. Mm-hmm. Then hard neck. I mean, it's it all is both hard and soft necks, very good keepers. But on the low end, you're talking about four or five months for hard neck. And then on the upper end of soft, it's six to eight months. So wow. it does keep a, a little longer. But the indicators for maturity are about the same. I mean, bulb mm-hmm. formation begins, you know, mid to late June with summer solstice. It switches over from top growth to bulb growth. And then once, I don't know, I always base it on at least half the upper leaves are starting to brown out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once once I reach about half, depending on what the weather is, I'm good. I mean, two-thirds are fine. 75% of the leaves being brown are fine. But once it reaches half the leaves turning brown, I start to think about harvesting the garlic. And if you've like, never, if you've never grown it before, it looks like a giant green onion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it as far as, exactly. and so the, those tips that are up and out, once those, about half of those have gone kind of that yellow brown. Yeah. Faded. And you have to look towards the base. That's not as real evident unless you're just paying a lot of attention to the garlic. So look towards the base of the garlic to find those wrapper leaves. Mm-hmm. The, the brown kind of papery feathery leaves, uh, mm-hmm. you can, once you start to see those around the base, that's a good indication and it's reaching maturity. I love plants that just kind of tell you when they're ready. Yeah, I mean, you don't have great. to go through, you don't have to be like, oh, is, you don't have to search as hard. It's just kind of like you visually look over at it. It's like peace lilies, like you know when to water them, you, they tell you. And I love, I love things that communicate with me in that they way. They communicate mm-hmm. well, they really mm-hmm. do. Yeah, mm-hmm. Garlic's very, one of those crops. They're pretty much just screaming at me about what they yeah. want. <laughs> I just want yeah. peace. Yeah. And so soft neck yeah. is, those are the ones you're going to see braided as well. So if you're into yeah. selling, you know, if you're going to sell these Beautiful or you want to, you know, do something nice for in your kitchen or something like that. If you want to do those braids, I have grown soft neck garlic before and incorporated dried flowers into mine. And you can like, you know, sell it during winter time because that's when, you know, it, it still keeps if you want to, or for fall, fall festivals, that kind of stuff. Uh, so you'll want to do soft neck. Although I have braided hard neck garlic. Too, yeah. I, I feel like Same. it's not as pretty, but if you like are inserting inserting like herb bundles or anything like that into it, like dried sage, dried rosemary, you can you can do that. You can fill in kind of those gaps and nobody knows the difference. It is easier and more attractive, I think, to do the soft neck. Once you guys go through the curing process, uh, which is minimum two weeks for me, about four weeks Explain much Explain the curing process. Curing process is just once you get it out of the ground, first of all, do not wash it. Uh, that's another common yeah. mistake I see is don't wash it. I've seen commercial producers, they'll strip the outside leaves to get a nice clean bulb, and then they'll bundle it in bunches uh, of however big the bunches are. Mm-hmm. But uh, for most homeowners, you just pull it out of the ground, you know, get rid of all the excess dirt. I, I did, don't wash it. That's the main thing. A couple of tips just on getting it out of the ground in the first place. So mm-hmm. one yeah. would be right. if you can try to harvest it when it has been dry, mm-hmm. the drier it has been, 
the less moisture is going to be in those outside wrappers, the better shots yeah. you're going to have. And also it'll probably, the it soil will probably better. crumble away easier yeah. to harvest yeah. it. The other is for me personally, I found that the more that I can get like a shovel or some or fork or whatever under yeah. it to break I'm it up, the less now you don't, I do every year have a couple that I put the shovel through the side of the bulb and yeah. <laughs> it's classic. It's my yeah. first move but, in, but in general, if you can loosen it up so that it comes out of the soil really easily, yes. it doesn't create those little tiny fissures and fractures as much that can Keeps allow rot better. to get yeah. in. It's a good um, point, Brent. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, that's an important point, especially when you consider, um, you know, using a broad fork or some kind of wide fork or shovel even, you're you're taking this stuff out of the ground in Kentucky when the soil is typically can be very hard, very dry. So you physically cannot pull that out of the ground and you would not want to try. Uh, if there's that much resistance, go ahead and as Brett's saying, use something to kind of help you lift that out of the soil, let the soil crum, crumble away and take that from there. Yeah, that's a great point, Brett. Absolutely. And, so the, and once again, yeah, you, you see, get it out. Yeah, yeah go ahead. I was just going to say, then go through the two to four weeks drying process. You you hang that up somewheres with most of the soil knocked loose. But after you go through the, the, well, I say drying process, technically, I guess it's the curing process. But once you guys get to that point, you guys remove the tops. I've seen it both ways, the braid left intact, and then some people cut two to four inches above the bulb. How do you guys like dry that or how have you done it personally? I think hard neck usually I'd cut it off yeah. depending on how much I've got or what I'm going to do yeah. with it. So when yeah. you hang it up, you keep it all intact. You keep, yes, the, you keep everything intact keep the, and the fine roots that are on the bottom, keep those yeah. on the stuff that's up top, keep all yeah. of that on. Now I've seen people, they will take the roots off the bottom. I personally leave those on when I've grown this, you know, the crops personally for myself, just, you know, personal production, not commercial production is I just hang it up. And sometimes I'll have little strings kind of wired up and then I'll put the garlic upside down and drop them down in where the bulbs kind of held by the string and open air somewhere in a shed or under an eave and let them dry that way for uh, four weeks. And then I, after four weeks, I considered them cured and then I, I removed the tops. Sometimes I'll leave a little bit of the stem on there, uh, a little bit of the leaf structure, two to four inches, and then I get it ready for storage. Uh, and the main thing about storage is one thing to me, and I made this mistake before and it was my mistake. I should have known better is do not store them where there's sunlight, direct mm. light, because they will try to grow again. <laughs> you want to store them in the dark. If you're getting real picky, 70% humidity in a cool, dry mm -hmm. location is perfect away from any kind of sunlight. If you want to get that long-term storage six to eight months is keep them out of the sun when you uh, already have them cured and you're getting ready to store them, keep them away from the sun, not in the refrigerator. Are those similar storage conditions to other any other crops? A lot of different crops, like vegetables. I mean, if you're talking about like other root crops, sweet potatoes, mm -hmm. uh, you know, potatoes are kind of like that as well, as far as keeping things. So uh, root cellars, yeah, basically, that's what I was... where you would store onions is where you would store garlic your and all your root crops. Yeah, Brett. And I'm it's just, common, I'm just like, thinking if, you know, I would be, I would probably hesitate to set up a whole area with a little bit of humidity control for just some garlic. But if yeah. I had some other stuff, yeah, too, that's you a good know, point. it's just yeah. a, a thing to kind of think about is that long-term yeah. non-refrigerated storage mm -hmm. stuff is a huge part of our horticultural culture, culture and, and legacy and everything else yeah. that we just don't really yeah. like, we don't really deal with it as much as we did. No. Right. Now we have all these preservation tactics and, and technologies. Yeah. Yeah. 
And and used to be the root sellers were just an incredible, incredibly important part of homesteads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really, really important. And I remember grandmother having those. My grandmother was a lady that had never had electricity, would not have it in her home. Mm. So she had a huge root cellar and I would go in there and just smell all the earthy smells, <laughs> you know, just like almost year round. I mean, mm-hmm. there was times when that would, that thing would empty out before the crops would come in. There was a month or two, but for the most part, she was very, very good at making the most of crops that were harvested there uh, on acreage that uh, she had up a far, far up a hollow in Eastern mm. Kentucky. A hollow? Those are, those are, did you just uh, say Ray, hollow? Do not cleanse yourself for this modern world. Did, did I euthanize that a little bit? You holler? Did. Yeah. You said right, hollow. Right. I was like, what yeah, is don't, that? Don't yes, ever. It was a holler. And there, and I, I was, it was, a, it is to this day a holler and there's still nothing around this holler for miles <laughs> around. So I looked at it on sat map the other day, just for nostalgia. This unlocked a memory for me, like oh, talking about heart, like the curing process. So mm-hmm. I used to spend summers with an aunt and uncle up in, uh, Pennsylvania and, mm, and they were Northern like, Appalachia. Yeah. North. I mean, they were like literally on a reclaimed mine, you know, kind of situation. Nice. That's where my mom's side of the family grew up. So my mom is not the Italian one. She's mm. the, she's the Appalachian Latin one. What's the last, what's is, the last name? Uh, McGraw. Oh, Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that bolster Scott. Yeah, every, <laughs> everybody's knowing all about me and my, my names now. now uh, they can answer sense. all uh, the questions for the Italians and the Irish. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. But I used to spend and they, they didn't have kids and I'd spend the summer with them. And my uncle grew tons of garlic and they had this mm-hmm. shed that he would hang it in. And it was just, you know, yeah. strings mm-hmm. and strings mm-hmm. of garlic hung up. And uh, question: Did I, he have beans in there too, shucky beans or leather britches? I don't remember. I remember the garlic nice. just because it's so it takes up so much room. Like it's a very big oh, visual yeah, thing, you know. Room, um, yeah. But I remember they would like you know when you're ten, you know they can pay you a dollar and you you'll clean up all the garlic. And I remember he'd you know have me knocking the soil off, and when it was mm-hmm. cured, taking off those outer really dirty wrappers, you know, just mm-hmm. a couple of them and leave them leaving them in mm-hmm. there and then they had a they had a root cellar but yeah it like really unlocked a memory for me of just like mm. sitting there at the stump right outside the shed and just kind of peeling off with my tiny little fingers and man i made like five bucks that summer and it was the best summer ever rich. <laughs> yeah rich. Rich. Buy so many slurpees <laughs> back then it might have that's been a couple years ago a couple years ago and I, on the on the curing the curing is very intensely garlic smelling Yes. Yeah. Like yes. The, it, like so we it in the garage in in our garage uh have some just a nail that a couple of nails we put up in the rafter mm-hmm. or in the the joist to uh to hang them from and the whole garage smells like garlic like the whole time it's curing <laughs> yeah. yeah like really intense but it's, it's, I always like that smell but it can smell? get rather intense yeah. yeah what other so what other like places did you all do do you all do the your curing garlic curing now or have in the past, just under the eave of a porch or yeah, someplace good, dry and hot under a tin roof, preferably if you have that. That was a traditional spot that you mm. just hang it under, like a a porch roof away from rain. If you really splash. want to confuse somebody, you can like put it, hang it in like a little closet, and they'll be like, nice. "Why does everything smell like garlic?" Like. Everyone's confused. <laughs> Everybody smells your, like garlic. Like, Everything clothes, smells like your winter garlic. clothes and stuff. Yeah, just, just whatever like, you're popping on your fine. outer layer. It's fine. <laughs> Honestly, I'm good with smelling like garlic. It could be worse. It could be much, yeah, much worse. 
Well, now no, I got a question okay. to kind of clarify yeah. part of the process. So you leave the roots on for the curing when it comes to storage. Do you cut the roots off before then, or do you leave them on and only? Either cut? way, yeah. I, I, you know, I've not seen a huge difference. I've seen a lot of times the field. I've taken scissors and trimmed yeah. them off right out of the dirt. Yeah. And then cured it. I've done it both ways, and I didn't see a huge. As long as I don't nick the bulb or get too close to the base of that bulb, sure, I've not seen it have a huge impact either way. I think yeah. what we're getting at here is garlic is easy, and there's yes, very. Yes. It's not one of those things that like if you if you mess up one part or you do it a little bit out of order, it's gonna make a big deal. As long as you're kind of following those first three yeah. things that Ray talked about, which is making sure you've got good drainage making sure you're you're planting, you know, at the right time and that you're not going to over fertilize or essentially as long as you don't fertilize after May, you're mm, yeah. you really can't you really can't go wrong. I don't want to jinx yeah. you or anything, yeah. but no. that's the no. of it. Maybe, I mean, maybe I just like garlic so much, but the payoff is so great compared yeah. to it is. Meat, it is. You know, like to have and fresh it's relatively garlic like, insect free and disease free. Yeah. There are a few, I mean, like onion maggots and a few other botrytis and a few other diseases, but for the most part it's pretty pest free. It's good uh, in your garlic. rotation too. So they they said it's an onion family, Liliaceae, and so that's not you know that's a good thing to rotate with your tomatoes and your peppers and your you know all those other crops because it is in the different family. And you know, of course, you've you've heard the episode about crop rotation. Mm. So I don't need to re-explain we don't that. Need but to it's go something back to that they listen. They've heard <laughs> totally it. listen. It's something that you can we don't incorporate need to back to that. One. You know, easily no. <laughs> uh, if you're looking for something else, and with it being winter. Um, looking for something else to put in there yeah i think that the only technical part really is the storage stuff like the, that's um, where it's, it can yeah. get a little more challenging or you have to kind of figure out your system but the growing if you have an unheated uncooled garage i mean just put it in there that's going to be yeah. the closest approximation of a root cellar for most people if it's an attached garage it's going to be somewhat buffered you don't want to get it too extremely cold but yeah, that's probably the closest place you're going to have if it's unheated, uncool. But if you've got that, then you've got it. You know. All right. Well, I'm going to end on a controversial note. Mm-hmm. Oh man. You know I'm a lightning rod for controversy. Oh yes. No. no. <laughs> yeah. Well, then you don't know me at all. <laughs> Here it comes. <laughs> Here it comes. He lives for the what? controversy, people. What about jarlic? Is that like jean shorts with garlic in the pocket? (laughs) The minced jar, minced garlic that comes in the jar or the tube. I like it. Minced, etc. Is it a no go? Is it a is it a necessary evil? Do do you have a passion for it? How do you feel? Mm, It's functional. It's not fun, but it's functional. It has has a place. Just how much garlic I need. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. I think I, I, I had convinced myself that it was as good. Oh, it's and not. It's, <laughs> there is a huge difference, a bigger difference than I had allowed myself to believe. Right, right. And I don't even I like just the mean milder local. garlic. Maybe that's why I tolerate it. Uh, is I like it milder. Yeah, like the, say like the elephant go. garlic. There it I know, is. You know, that's a, I never thought next, about that, Brett. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, totally. that's a great question because I didn't think about it. Maybe that's why I do like the, you know, in oil, minced garlic, because it is kind of milder. It doesn't have the... The knock that the, the mm-hmm. harsher garlic. Right. Yeah, yeah well, maybe, I, think, I never thought about that. I think it too. Like it, it just comes back to something that I want to emphasize over and over again through this podcast. And I think we have is in the same way that like it's very hip to like be anti lawn or anti turf mm-hmm. or whatever. Like there, there's a place for that, and like if if that gives you joy, then go for it. And I think it's the same way where it's like it's kind of 
and granted I speak for myself to say that I really do like it, but it is hip to like, like the really spicy, strong tasting. It's like the IPA. Yeah, exactly. There you go. That's what I was thinking. There is nothing wrong with a nice, a little bit wrong with nice American macro. Yeah. Just, and so the same way with garlic, garlic, like the Bud Light of the garlic world. It's the Michelob Ultra. It's the Michelob Ultra. Yeah, like okay, oh. okay. Uh, yeah, okay. Mick Ultra. I was gonna go stuff. like Mick Ultra PBR, maybe something. Yeah. So I, I yeah, I, I, I have used it, but I, I definitely um, have gotten back into using fresh garlic and fresh ginger, particularly mm-hmm. in making mm-hmm. cuisines that rely on those. And nice. <laughs> dang, it is. Add a little soy sauce, bango. You're like already there. Bang. The awesome <laughs> thing is that at our farmers markets, there's there's several the like farmers that grow garlic mm-hmm. here pretty consistently, and that's mm-hmm. awesome to have that as a choice. If you love the fresh stuff, even if you don't want to grow it on your own, visit your local farmers market and ask around to see who's growing garlic. I think you might be surprised in your local community, even though you may not be aware of anyone growing it now. If you ask around, you're probably going to find someone that has mm-hmm. some garlic that maybe for sale so do and it, it lasts a around. long time you know so it you does. can you can buy it now and um well earlier and then you know if you if you really like it mm-hmm. and you can plant it yourself in yeah. october right now mm-hmm. grow the garlic go, go do plant it. Grow garlic. It. as soon as this episode ends dig a hole put <laughs> garlic in it. it does well in pots like uh ray said too so you don't oh, have a ton of space great. like I love it. you can yeah. do you can do it in pots uh and it's it's easy. So and that easy. one you can just pull out by hand if you're doing it in a you pot. You do. And you don't have bed, to dig so. or anything. Just make sure to mulch a pot because the temperature yeah. fluctuations can be magnified in containers. But uh, leaves or some straw, that's a small area. Like mm. Alexa said, in small areas like that, you can plant the bulbs. But I put them like two or three inches apart and they still mm-hmm. do fine mm-hmm. uh, in pots. But yeah, that's one of my new favorite ways Little to risk, grow those. Big reward. Oh, yeah. Good stuff, folks. Mm. Garlic, it's just so easy. And the classes have been popular. So I know we have more people locally, at least in my county, growing garlic. Mm-hmm. They have sent me pictures. So Aww. Putting the yum in Alley Yum. Oh, nice. Oh, he was been nice. really thinking on that one. Yeah. 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 I don't think, I think it just came naturally. I don't think he even had to think about it. Nope. I think it was just there. I don't believe it. Yeah, yeah, he had to cure a little bit. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> Yeah, humidity it didn't in the take room two to four weeks either. <laughs> didn't take four weeks for that to pop out. It does smell like garlic in here though now. Yeah. 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 It's got a, got a pungent aroma. But I like seep <laughs> garlic for days afterwards. Yeah. Like, yeah. Every, like everybody else or is that just – is that you know, like it's my, cool. It like keeps bugs away mm-hmm. and people away. Like, my mom nice. used to give uh, feed the dogs garlic cloves when it was like really heavy tick season. Like, I mean, they had Yikes. like tick stuff on them, but that was back in the day when stuff stuff I feel like wasn't as good. And she'd feed them garlic cloves because garlic. <laughs> and they would eat. Is, it. Like, she's like eat I your garlic. Cloves. Isn't aren't like alliums like I supposed to be like so. not cool for dogs? Maybe like, maybe she built their tolerance over time, <laughs> and so they were like they lived a long up. time. So I don't yeah. know. Yeah, there you go. I don't know. They there they is another old wives. They pulled up dead spell. things all the time. It's <laughs> fine. Yeah, don't. Uh, we are not doctors or veterinarians. Yeah. So do, not, <laughs> do not follow. Although I do want to try this thing I saw where people like they pour honey over like a crap ton of garlic and they let it like steep so to speak for a while and mm-hmm. then that garlic honey is supposed to be good for you and i have no the research to together. back this up but it sounds well, honey, like some honey is the one of the other uh materials like an found in the pyramids yeah. and mm-hmm. it was yeah. uh functionally like it Sound. could be eaten again like yeah. it's it essentially essentially has no shelf life per se brett yeah. i listen 
focaccia, but with garlic honey. Yeah. I think, I think you, can you, would you make that? I can do that. Yeah. There's a 90s country song in there somewhere. Can I I make that request? Yeah, of course. Focaccia. I'm requesting requesting publicly. So if you all don't hear me come back on the pod with a report on how delicious it was, uh, find him and get after him for it. Get me. Yeah. Give me. Get all right, yeah. folks. Well, we will uh, bring this all up, and we're going to have some some spooky season-themed episodes coming up, so make sure you check those out. Uh, we hope that you had a great time today, and <laughs> make sure if you need anything, if you've got questions, if you've got ideas for a podcast, shoot them over to us at hortculturepodcast at l.uky.edu, where you can send us a DM on Instagram, hortculturepod, and we will, by we, probably me, will respond and let us know what you like, what you don't like, what you want more of. Uh, You can also leave us a review, and we're going to work on those swag bangs for you guys. Uh, So leave us a review to be entered for a chance to win a swag bag. And uh, yeah, a swag swag bag. A bag. Just, a wag of swag. Just wag. <laughs> not the wag. Bragging on you. Not the wag, but wagging. The bald boy bag. wag. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> All right, folks. So we hope that as we grow this podcast, you will grow with us. And uh, we hope you join us next time. Have a great day.